This is Neil Smith, and you are listening to Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Fulham Focus Podcast. My name's Matt Wacklair, and thank goodness we've got that one out of the way, is all I can say. A 3-0 defeat at home to Man City with the teams above us all picking up points has made for a somewhat frustrating weekend. But let's not lose sight of the fact that there's still 27 points up for grabs, and we have to hope that we've got all of our mistakes out of our system all at once. It's a very happy birthday to a much-loved British hero today. That's right, Michael Caine is 88 today. Oh, and it's Baldo's birthday too, and he joins me from Aldershot along with Matt Don. We wish we didn't have to review a big defeat at home to Manchester City, but hopefully it won't all be doom and gloom, so let's go. Fulham. All right, well, Man City made seven changes to the side that defeated Southampton earlier in the week as they had one eye on the Champions League game this week which meant, of course, that they had an extremely intimidating bench backing up their starting eleven. Meanwhile, Scott changed things up to include Anguissa, Reed, and Lamina in midfield to attempt to stop City from playing. It seemed that Lutman was up top on his own with Cav out on the left and Major joined Mitrovic on the Fulham bench this week. And as we usually do, regardless of the opponent, we started pretty brightly, Dom. Yeah, we did. I mean, it was it was promising. The, the line-up, I thought... Um... I thought it was about right, to be honest, because it seemed to make sense to to bring in another midfielder, um, given you know the talent they've got in there. You can see what Scott was trying to do. Um, strong start. We had that chance from uh, Lukman, didn't we? I think it, was, it would have been given offside, but um, but yeah, we, we 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 matched them early on, and um, the promising size. We we did what we needed to do, which was make it hard for them to you know create chances, and and it was working early on. Yeah, it's all good. I mean, on the on the lineup front, I was somewhat taken aback because I think it's I think it's been discussed, you know, countless times over the podcast. But whether or not we play, you know, when we play a big side, do we go with that back five that Parker went through, that that phase he went through during you know during December? You know, do we bring that that formation back against Man City? And when I saw the lineup came through, that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to work out. Right, where does the five in the back come into? Like, oh, can you put Aina there and maybe to no, but if you got it, I was trying to work out where to get five in the back. So I was slightly surprised that we that he went with four because and, and I gotta give him credit because you know, we've said and now we're in the stage where it's gotta be, you know, must win games. So the fact he was going for, you know, a slightly more attacking, you know, formations to start with, you know, going with four in the back rather than a defensive five in the back, I thought, you know, you know, credit, you know, credit to him, obviously probably didn't work out in the in the long run but again you know as dom said we we didn't do too bad um with that with that lookman chance it showed that we were to some extent trying to take the game to them but against a side like man city there's only so much you can do i I agree with you to a certain extent but all game we had three shots and none of them were on target so how how good was that lineup really you know it's man city We we expect to lose the game but in the position we're in, I'm, we don't really... Who cares about the plaudits at the moment? Oh, well, they played well in the first half. Who cares? We lost the game. And we didn't really ever look like scoring, did we? No, not at all. Um, yeah, I take your point. It's kind of... It, these games are always classed as a free hit, aren't they? But you could you can just as easily look at that as a free hit to get three points out of, out of the blue, that three points you wouldn't expect, like we did against Liverpool, really. Um, at half time, I mean, <laughs> that, that first half was wasn't great, and we 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 could have. I mean, the best we were going to get out of that was a nil nil, wasn't it? It really was. I mean, we had no attacking threat. 
partly down to how good the city were but um but yeah you're right we we didn't create anything and and it seemed to be only a matter of time that once they scored that would be it we wouldn't be able to turn it around and it just it just happened you know yeah, you know that, we, that's the way we it went. Went. Yeah, sorry, we not, may not have been getting that many shots away, but at least we were trying things. You know, there was a stage within we got like three crosses into the box in the space of two minutes. And the you know, the commentators were saying this is the time when you need Mitrovic. So again, it, it could have been better, but at the same time, I want to take some level of credit, you know, that we at least tried. We didn't spend the whole of the first half passing the ball along our back line, just inviting Man City to, you know, try and get us. We did we were somewhat adventurous, you know, not look quite Marcelo Bielsa's lead levels of attacking adventure, but it's uh, but it wasn't you know a complete it wasn't complete you know utter just a, a surrender at that point. Man City put out their second string, and their second string is better than most teams' first strings, arguably in in the Premier League. But if they're putting out an understrength team, then you've got to look at that and think. I'd at least expect to to have a have a go at them and, and get a couple of shots on target because as um oh, was it Glenn Hoddle was the, the co-commentator, he he kept saying that all of their informed players are on the bench. Or maybe it was Peter Crouch that was saying at half time, all their informed players are on the bench at the moment. So although they've got quality throughout that that second string and the, the team that we played against, I I feel like we could have done a bit better. The form that we've been in, I feel like we could have done a bit better. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm a little bit disappointed, um, uh, especially in the manner that we conceded the goals, which of course we'll talk about shortly. Let's let's just get through the first half though. Um, Torres had City's first chance of the game in the 18th minute. Ariola was equal to the task. After a decent start, City had a lot of possession, but I didn't really feel like we were under too much threat at all. No, I think we did a, you know, we did a pretty good job. You know, even though we didn't set out, as I said, uber defensive with, you know, the five of the back formation, it, you know, may have just come, you know, the familiarity that the players have got now, especially, you know, the Anderson Adrobio uh, defensive partnership, which everyone is raving about, and, and you know, and with good reason, you know, they were they were doing pretty well, and as you said, we were doing well against Manchester City. You know, even the chances, I don't think we really gave them that one. Well, obviously the the Torres one, but other than that, there weren't many real clear cut where you had your you know your heart in your mouth moment. So I think the fact we managed to limit them to half chances was again a testament to you know just how far we've come as as a team. Though just in that first half, the, the second half we'll get on to. Even when there was a misunderstanding in the first half between Anderson and Tushin though, they managed to recover really quickly and prevent any real danger. I remember there being a Bernardo Silva chance where he kind of danced his way through two or three defenders and, and Ariola saved it. But I have to say also that I thought even Caviero's defensive work, particularly in the first half, was outstanding. We'll come on to what was to transpire very shortly, but I felt like we stood up to the best team in Europe for half a match by making it really quite difficult for them to play. And I feel like we've moved on from a team of individuals, which we probably were even up to a few weeks ago, around Christmas time, to be honest, into a real unit, which is also reminiscent of the Roy Hodgson era to a certain extent, Dom. Yeah, it is. And I think um, the, the way we play now is is as close as we've we've had to Hodgson since, obviously, those glory days. But um, and, and you just need to compare it to two years ago, don't you, really? Um, if, it ends, if we end up going down, which we're putting up a hell of a fight, you... <laughs> You, there's not much you can't really argue with the the way we've gone about it it's it's not been um we've rarely been 
smacked like we were <laughs> in, in this game. And you think, you know, two years ago, we conceded, what, 84 or something like that. Um, it, it It's worlds apart. And it's really how we need we needed to we, to give ourselves a chance and credit to Scott for 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 that that team spirit and I don't think this is going to defeat that team spirit much at all. Um, he's he's been pretty good at getting the lads back ready for the next game, forgetting about what's 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 to come because as as we've, we've said it before, we were ten points behind not long ago. The fact that we've got ourselves right in with a chance shows that there's a fantastic spirit in this team and and that goes as you say to the way we play just strong defensive um teamwork um perhaps lacking as as you said earlier perhaps lacking that kind of um instinct at the other end but when when you improve at the back that that's what happens isn't it that there's probably a balance somewhere that we haven't always been able to find yeah and you know you, you talk about how we have improved at the back and we need to not lose sight of the fact that yesterday, aside from the fact that it was three mistakes, three cock-ups for, for the goals, otherwise we, we look pretty solid at the back and that's how we play and that's a testament to the style and, and, and the way that we play. So occasionally you're going to get mistakes and just hopefully it's it's just a case of all the mistakes coming in the one game rather than three mistakes coming in three individual games um, and costing us three games as opposed to one. Anyway, just we, we got to half time and, and my thoughts at half time were that, as I said, we looked pretty comfortable at the back, but we didn't pose much of a threat going forwards. But I did feel like the second half would be a very different prospect, particularly looking at the options City had to change it up on the bench. What were you guys thinking, Baldo? I always think uh, my main thoughts were right. How long can we hold out for a nil, a nil, nil? Because as as the first half developed, you knew we weren't going to get many chances as it showed. So I'm not saying we would immediately hunker down, you know, and straight away, you know, bring on, you know, uh, fight, you know, and go five at the back straight after the second half. But it's because right, how long can we keep them frustrated? And I, which you know. I would have been, you know, I would have been fine with, you know, we put out the poll on 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 uh, on Fulham Focus Twitter account before the game, you know, before a ball is kicked, would you take a one nil loss to preserve goal difference? And I was part of the people that voted yes, but at the same time, you know, as the game developed, when we get to half time, I was thinking, would I take a nil nil right now? And I I would have said yes, just because we're not going to get anything going forward, but can we at least get that one point? And you know, based on what we saw in the first half, I thought we could we could do that. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see that that argument because come the end of the season, goal difference might have an impact. But you you, <laughs> you can't you can't say yeah, I'll take a one nil def- defeat before a ball's even kicked because, as we said, it was it wasn't their strongest eleven. It was fair probably still a Champions League eleven regardless. But you just never know, do you? One one set piece can go in and you can win one nil. I, I think at half time I was thinking definitely not taking a defeat. I would I would have probably bitten your hand off for a nil-nil, to be honest. But I, I I genuinely thought, naively or stupidly as it might sound, I thought you never know. Toasting could pop up from a corner with a with a winning goal. Anything can happen as if we keep it as we kept it to that point. But it's obviously not how it went. And if you offer me a one-nil defeat now, I'll take it. <laughs> well, I, I had a fiver on uh, Tashin to get the first goal and a fiver on Anderson to get the first goal. Both 80 to one. Like, well, one of these days, that's got to come off, hasn't it? The, you know, the, the, amount of, um, the amount of threat that we have 
in that penalty area. But I guess in the first half, particularly, Caviero was taking the corners and he didn't beat the first man once, which was just inexcusable, really, when, when you've got those players in the penalty area. Uh, right after half time, though, everything changed immediately. It, I think Anderson gave away a free kick. Was it for handball? Um, and it was all too easy. It was their first attack of the half city. We held a really high line, as we tend to, from um, you know from from free kicks that are being whipped into the penalty area. And this time we got caught out. It was it was guided home by John Stones, and he was under very little pressure. I really feel bald. I like we should have defended better from uh, from that position. Yeah, we should have. It's one of those goals, you know, when you're playing against Man City, you don't mind if you're beaten by, you know, I know he wasn't on the pitch, but Kevin De Bruyne, a wonder strike, or Sergio Aguero dancing through players or paced by Raheem Sterling. You don't really mind that because that's what you expect. But for it to come through an effort like that, it, you know, again, again, sort of after all the hard work we've done over the past couple of weeks, to look like an organised defensive side, to then go and concede a goal like that, just comes as a you know a slight a slight kick in the teeth, you know, you know, I, you know as I said, I I was predicting us to loss and and expecting us to loss, but I just didn't expect us to lose and you know and to concede the first goal in that manner. That's part of the annoying thing, rather than the fact that we conceded. And I, I feel like we'd probably be more angry about it if it wasn't against Man City. Like if, if we conceded that goal against West Brom or Burnley or somebody like that. We'd be really quite annoyed, but we're we're kind of being a little bit like blasé about it just just because it was Manchester City, because we thought, well, we're probably going to concede a couple of goals against Man City anyway. I wasn't I wasn't too annoyed about the goal itself. It, I think you, I think you should give a lot of credit to Cancelo for that delivery because it was that in right in that area where anyone could have could have touched it and it could have gone in. Um, so it, I was more annoyed that the fact that it was so early in the half. Um, yeah, there's a bit of a lack of concentration. I think someone could have at least tried to get their head on it because it, it did bounce at the end of the day. But it was more that after that first half, we've done so well and then it's all been undone. Like, like we've seen earlier in the season when we conceded, kept conceding early goals in the first five, ten minutes of games, we were out of them. And that was the same. It, it really put us out of the game so early on in the half. But if our line is five, ten yards further back, then that ball doesn't come in in that manner. It's a, it's a completely different prospect. Yeah, he probably doesn't even attempt it either. Yeah. Um, it, but, but that's kind of that's kind of what I mean. It was a really, a really clever free kick, and I think playing that high line has has been good for us a lot. And at some point, it's going to go against us. So I was more annoyed with the other two, put it that way. Well, let's come on to the next one then. I felt like we looked generally quite sloppy after that first goal anyway. And the second goal really summed that up as we handed it on a plate to Gabriel Jesus. Caviero undid all his good defensive work from the first half by unnecessarily diagonally running across um, across the pitch and then putting Joachim Anderson under pressure with a with a ball back to him. He went to ground. Maybe he didn't need to go to ground, but he went to ground, got his foot to the ball, and the ball ricocheted back off of Carriero and gave Jesus a free run at goal. And then, of course, he took it around the goalkeeper and smashed it home. Yeah, there's an element of luck to that. You know, you'll see. You know, any any team can really come under that sort of thing. But it kind of gets amplified when you're down the bottom and you're looking at oh, you know, the luck's against you. 
sort of thing. So, but as you said, we as you as you hinted, we look quite sloppy. And I think that's really what the first goal did, because you know they always say like the perfect time to score. And and one of the things is it ripped up whatever Scott Parker had said at half time, where he probably would have said, right, we're doing good, keep it keep it compact, keep it disciplined. And then when we go one nil down, assuming we are you know we are still playing for a draw at this point, where we can get a draw, it kind of changes the mindset and it forces you to try and be a little bit more risky and all that sort of thing. So it, it all really just spiraled from there and, you know, kind of, you know, epitomized by the way that the, by the way that the second goal goes in. A few minutes later then it's three nil and Tashim was the next to have a nightmare. He gave away a penalty and of course upset Sergio Aguero who hasn't scored for 14 months and he buried it into the bottom corner past Ariola from the penalty spot. And as I said earlier, Dom, all we can hope is that these silly mistakes have all come out at once and they, they won't come in any other games. Yeah, I think so. I mean, J-Mac called that, didn't he, in the last pod that Aguero was going to score. I mean, it's not it's not much of a claim, Aguero, from the penalty spot, is it? You, you don't really... You're expecting that to go in. But um, I think, again, it comes from just that intense pressure they were putting us under, wasn't it? After they got themselves ahead... They were just swarming us around the edge of the box. They know we like to pass it around at the back. We just had nowhere to go. And obviously Cavallero, it wasn't the right pass, but he was under pressure and Tosin was <laughs> really, really terrible bit of defending from Tosin twice in a few seconds, really, to give Gavro the penalty after after giving the ball away. But it's City, isn't it? You can see goals. They, they score goals like that every week. Um, I think I think it's not going to have any long term damage, uh, and we'll 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 defend well again in in the next game against Leeds. Um, but, but yeah, by the by, but when the second goal went in, it was over. The third goal doesn't really matter. Um, get out of your system, I think. Well, after the third goal, Mitrovic came on for Loftus Cheek. There's about half an hour left of the game, but it almost seems harsh on Mitrovic um, for him to get given half an hour under such circumstances when I would have liked to have seen him come on in, in other games for a longer period. Josh Onema then came on for Lamina 10 minutes later and Robinson came on for Caviero uh, moments after that. And those those two late later substitutions particularly just typify going through the motions, don't they, Baldo? Yeah, I think this is, you know, the game is already gone. I think now that the focus starts to turn towards to, you know, Leeds on on Friday, you know, even if it's one day, it's still, you know, quote unquote, a short week for, you know, compared to the all turnaround time. So players have got to be rested. But I think most importantly, I think that was so he could get players, you know, quote unquote, match fit, ready for, you know, the next couple of weeks. Because with this is, you know, we, we might expect to see Mitrovic come, you know, come good against Leeds because that was, you know, that was where he got his first two goals. So we know that Leeds are susceptible at set pieces. So let's get him match ready. Same argument could be made for Onoma and, you know, and um, Robinson as well. It's, I don't want to say it's just going through the motions. I think there was some, you know, long-term plan in there as well. I think, you know, just, just keep the legs ticking over, make sure you're fit for, you know, not this game, but the next couple of weeks going forward. This is the sort of match where you wouldn't expect to have seen Alexander Mitrovic. It's a sort of sort of match where you'd expect to see one of those fast players up front. And to an extent, we had that with, with Lutman. But with Mitrovic coming on with half an hour to go, I, I don't think he did too badly at all. I don't think he looked out of place in a team that was, you know, play, 
potentially playing counter-attack football. And he he almost he got involved quite near the end as well, didn't he, when he set up that chance for Onoma. It was a lovely piece of play. And I think he's definitely put his name into the hat to start against Leeds, particularly when he's got a decent record against Leeds for, for scoring as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, that was the best chance we created in the whole game, wasn't it? Um, I, I I wanted to see him start. I, I mean, I always say I want to see him start, even if, even in a game where we haven't got as much of the ball, the fact that he kind of gets more involved in the build-up play and he, he he's, a, he's a target, you know, if it, it's very different to, I know Josh Madger didn't start either, but it's very different to that kind of striker who sort of just is in around the box just trying to trying to tap it in. Mitro does does work hard uh, as a kind of focal point. And we saw that against against City in that second half. And he, yeah, I, I really think there's a role for him to play. We've, we've only got, what is it, nine games left now. <sighs> He's for me still our best striker, and I think he should be playing more. I really do, uh, and I can't see why. I just I don't understand why he's not even at this point. We've been playing better, obviously, but I still think he's he's really important to this team. Yeah, sorry, I just got to, I just got to come in there. I knew, as soon as I said about Mitrovic and Leeds, uh, something I I've been working with at work uh, just popped into my head. So I'm afraid, um, Stato Art, I'm going to have to trump you here. But I came across this stat earlier in the week, and it was after the Leeds West Ham United game. The Leeds have now conceded 11 headed goals this season, which is more than any other Premier League side. And one of the, go- the goals they conceded West Ham was their tenth goal conceded from corners the whole season. So we know that Leeds are susceptible from set pieces. So assuming, you know, we know that there's data and stats teams at Fulham, surely that is one of the things they have got to look at and will surely recognise. So that kind of, you know, back to what we were saying, this is the game, you know, coming against Leeds. I know we'll talk about the, the actual Leeds preview, but if we want Mitrovic for a game, this is it. Just as well we're good at set pieces then, isn't it? I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah, the the Leeds podcast will be saying full of a shit at set pieces, so we don't have to worry about that this week. <laughs> Something's got to give. Something's got to give. Finally, well, you're not going to concede from a corner. <laughs> yeah. Let's come back to the Man City game, though. And this is a game we need to quickly write off and move on from, isn't it? There's no point in dwelling on this. Yeah, pretty much. We've, um, I think, as long as we, this, this run of three games, Spurs, Liverpool, City, uh, obviously, Newcastle and Brighton have still got a game in hand over us. But as long as we were in touch after those games uh, in, into the closing stages, then we've, we've got every chance. The target is still within three points of Newcastle on the last day. And that's very much still on. So to put this one behind us. It was a chance maybe to get a draw. Didn't do it. No worries. We've got some more winnable games coming up. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, talking about, you know, back to where we were, this was a point that I was bringing up because um, the, the focus team had a little sort of in-house quiz on Friday night. And we were watching the Newcastle game as it all went up. And we were all obviously devastated when the Newcastle equaliser went in. But I tried to sort of put it, you know, in the context of the whole stretch of the season, really not much has really changed. Because if you want to, as everyone is talking about, bring it down to that last game of the season against Newcastle United, Nothing has really changed in the, you know, from Friday night to as we record on Sunday evening. Because we if we want to put it down to that last game, we still have to win against Newcastle on the final day. All it would be is that, you know, we jump and buy one point rather than be by two points. So yes, the Brighton result 
today it wasn't the greatest because you know that's one less team for us to be able to jump in the next round and what have you. But Man City, as we said, it was arguably a free hit. So just as you said, just take it as it, just take it as it was, and you know we're effectively back to square one from where we were. So as I said, nothing's changed. So which I think I I think is actually quite a positive thing, even though both results went against us. It's it's a good thing that we haven't changed. If you see where I'm going. Well, Scott Scott Parker is quite adamant that he doesn't want to pay any attention to what the other teams are doing. But us as supporters, we'll look at that point that Newcastle got on Friday night. We'll look at Burnley's win at Everton on Saturday and then um, Bryson's win at Southampton today. And it seems like it's a bad weekend for us. But how damaging really was this defeat for us? We expected a defeat anyway. I thought it might be a bit tighter than it was, but we made some mistakes and, okay, what happened, happened. Um, but I still believe in this team, particularly given our recent form. And there's still there's still 27 points to play for. Um, we've still got to play Leeds, Wolves, Burnley and Newcastle at home. Our home form has been pretty crap all season, hasn't it? We're, we're not picking up enough points at home. But those four games are four winnable games when you look at them. And then we've we've got some tough away games. We've got Arsenal, Chelsea and United we've still got to go to. And then we've got Southampton and Aston Villa as well. But the fact that we're unbeaten in eight away games at the moment makes you think, well, there's potentially five points at least from those away games. And if we can top that up with a couple of wins at home, then that's that's probably going to be enough to keep us up. I think I think 36 is still the target. That's 10 points we need. We're, we're two points behind Newcastle, although Newcastle have got a game in hand. We're three behind Brighton, and Brighton have also got a game in hand. And then we are, uh, we're seven points behind Burnley now because they got their win. Um, but they haven't got a game next weekend because it's, it's FA Cup, so, so they're not playing. So that match against Leeds on Friday night is, is massive for us, and we really need to get three points. It is, and I think that's kind of what you know is keeping some Fulham fans, you know, some level of some level of um, optimistic, because we know that we can put in good performances. You know, Man City are Man City, but we know we don't have to play. We don't have to play. You know, that team every single week. We have some easy fixtures, and we don't even have to win all of those, those fixtures. You know, as you say you know, three home wins against Leeds. We might be able to, depending on what day you get them at. You know, Wolves again on their day, off their day. You never know. And then Burnley and Newcastle. We can three wins out of those four should be enough. And at the same time, Southampton, as they've showed, are I don't want to say they're not. I don't want to say they're in free fall, but they're not in the best of form. So we could get something out of that. So if it was, if we had a much tougher schedule to look at, that might leave a lot of people more more um, pessimistic. But the points are there to be got, and this team is there to get the points. So, as, as you say, as though the, even though the, the weekend was terrible, it's we're there. We're, we can we can still do this. It's not as bad or as catastrophic as it looked in the Great Escape season. We're in a much better position, so that should fill a lot of people with confidence. But we've we've got to bounce back against Leeds on Friday night. I really feel like we need we can't lose that game. We've we've had a few of those, haven't we? <laughs> and it resulted in essentially. I think I think you said it. We we needed to beat Spurs, but we lost. And then we fortunately, not fortunately, but we beat Liverpool. So that kind of balanced it out. It it still it could still very much get away from us if Newcastle or Brighton win two in a row. 
Um, so it, it's it's very fine margins, and saying we have to beat Leeds or we can't lose the Leeds is is isn't great because they can be a really good team on their day. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's, it's almost the point where we we need to keep stay level with Brighton and Newcastle. So by that virtue, yeah, it probably is a must game or must it win is. game. But it but if we because- don't. Because Brighton yeah. are playing Newcastle on Saturday night. Yeah. So one of those teams is going to drop points. So we need to make up some ground. We need to pick up some points against Leeds. Yeah. I think I think given the results today, I think we will I'm hoping for a Brighton win now, aren't we? I think I think Newcastle are the ones to catch. Mm-hmm. Brighton are a better team. Um let's just yeah, let's let's just stay close to Newcastle as we can. And that, that will mean winning every other weekend, really. I think. I think. I, I don't think three three wins will be enough. Personally, I think we want four, but who knows? You know, as long as we get them, it doesn't really matter where they come. Four wins puts us on thirty eight points, and thirty eight points should be enough. I'd say almost certainly that would do it. Yeah, almost certainly. All right. Well, let's come on to a Scott Parker rating for this one. Then uh, we're not rating. We're not rating his coat. We're, we're rating his performance as manager for this one. It's, it's amazing the amount of coverage. I mean, we talked about it last last week on the pod after Liverpool, kind of tongue in cheek. But then every press conference he's been to since they they brought it up, and he's he's had to defend his dress sense and all sorts. <laughs> Crazy, absolutely mad. I like his jacket. I think it's good. Maybe anyway. maybe, maybe he's trying to take some of the flack away from the players, and you know. Attack my dress sense if you want. Just just leave them out of it. Maybe they, it maybe is, it's a tactical thing. I wouldn't put it past it is him, the most actually. it is the most it is the most Fulham way of trying to deflect blame. You know, Jose Mourinho <laughs> will make it will make it all about himself with some of his post match comments and blaming the referee and blaming the other manager. Whereas Scott Parker will talk about his dress sense. You you cannot get more Fulham than that. <laughs> That is very true. That is very true. Well, come on, let, let's have your um, let's have your um, Parker ratings then. Uh, I think, I think we most of us were expecting a defeat, so I'm not going to take too much away from him. All of the goals were probably down to individual errors, uh, and the fact I'm not that fussed that we lost. I think a six, because uh, even though we didn't really show a lot in the at all attacking wise, I thought. He set us up okay, and I think in the first half that showed that it's about as good as we could really hope for, realistically, as a draw against Man City. Um, and I think if we hadn't conceded such a such a sloppy early goal in the second half, we may have got something from it. Um, and those are the, the other two goals, nothing to do with him whatsoever. So yeah, I think a six is is fair. I think I think you're probably right as well. I I might even go six and a half. I um I don't know. It's 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 difficult because we didn't create any chances. But even John Stone said in his post match uh, interview how difficult we made it for them, um, particularly in the first half. I think you know we didn't give them any space to play. So um, I think that the intention was there and the execution was almost there. Um, and as you say, you you can't blame the manager for individual individual mistakes. Um, I just would have liked to have seen a bit more ambition going forwards, given the position we're in, even though we're playing probably the best team in Europe at the moment. Um, so, yeah, six and a half for me. How about you, Baldo? 
See, I was going to say pretty much the same thing as Yusuf. I was going to give a seven, but something tells me now that you've given that might be that might be giving a little bit too much credit or a little bit too much leniency. So I'll probably going to drop it down to a six. I don't, I don't think you can give a seven for a three 0 defeat at home, can you? Whoever it's against. Yeah, but how much of that was on him is the is is the point. You know, we've we've said it countless times, and we'll probably say it countless times again. That again, we were all happy, or most of us were happy with the way that we lined up and everything. And then you've got to, you know, it's it's down to the players to perform. So again, you can't really take that much blame off it from him for that. So that's why you know the substitutions as we talked about were. No, they weren't game changer, but they weren't really meant to be game changers. So you can't criticize the substitutions. There's nothing really you can criticize him for. So I was going to say seven, but but literally just so I don't want to look too outlandish, I'll go for a six. <laughs> All right. Well, I, again, I was just thinking as well that that Leeds game that we've got coming up is the last game that we've got for a couple of weeks because of the international break. So to not get any points going into that international break might might just uh, really leave us not only our supporters, but the team as well, feeling a bit despondent. So I, I just, I know um, J-Mac's going to preview the game uh, midweek, but, you know, I, I just really, really hope that we can get at least a point, if not all three. All right, lads. Well, thanks for that. Let's leave it there. We'll be back on Thursday to look ahead to that huge match with Leeds on Friday night as the season begins to draw to a close. We have a lot of fun recording these shows and if you enjoy listening to them, then don't forget to subscribe wherever you usually get your podcast from and tell all your friends to do the same thing. Try not to be too downbeat about this weekend. It happens sometimes and we've still got plenty in the tank. As Mickey Adams used to say, keep the faith. Come on, you whites. Cheers. Fulham.